0: Thanks for tuning in to Sunday Recap, a Grace Bible Church podcast, uh, special conversations we're having about life and faith throughout the week based on our sermon this Sunday. Uh, be sure to browse to begrace.org podcast, listen to more conversations and some more sermons. I'm Joey. I'm Chris. I'm Dave. Uh, For this episode, we're talking about 1 John, uh, specifically chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. We had a guest speaker this week, Philip Holmes, uh, from RTS, uh, Reformed Theological Seminary, came and preached for us, again, from 1 John, chapter 2, uh, verses 7 through 11. Uh, I'll read that real quick, and then I'll kind of go over some of his main points, and we could look look at the text. So 1 John, chapter 2. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So Philip took that text, and his four main points were, um, first, that Christ's commandment and the gospel received from the beginning is sufficient, obviously from the first, first verse there, first two verses. And then our lives should be a genuine reflection of Christ's teaching, living as he lived, and then his third point, which I think hit pretty hard, was a failure to love and a disposition of hate towards fellow Christians is a declaration that you're not a child of God, but rather a child of darkness. And then fourth, he said that you're a- unable, you are unable to love unless God enables you to love. Um, thoughts? <laughs> um, it was pretty crazy. I felt like this week, I kept looking around the room being like, oh yeah, the room's totally... Looks like what he's saying it should look like, or I don't know. It was it felt a little awkward tension this week, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we had some
1: visitors, and uh, I was joking with them like, "You came at first sweat it for sweat sweat it out Sunday or squirm, squirm Sunday. in your seat." I th- and I, my I thought afterwards definitely was, "That's really good for us, you know. It's really good. Um, it's really good to be like kind of put on the spot and and have to think deeply about those things." Um, but it's it's funny that it's not. Maybe our normal flow of Sunday morning <laughs> sometimes, So, yeah. So, like, it was challenging. Um, yeah. Gotcha. There were some topics that, yeah, were kind of like, whoa, oh, he's going there. You know, I mean, I think mm. specific, and that was his point. And a mm-hmm. lot of it, he, he went into the land of politics. And I think that's obviously a, a hot, hot button issue mm-hmm. right now. And
0: well, not just politics, yeah. but like, even historically. Like, there's been pastors and preachers who have preached on this who yeah. weren't living this. And so it was mm-hmm. a call to, mm. you know, actually have right practice with right theology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was what was so, I don't know, made it so tense or so, like, uh, squirmy. Yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah, actually practice what you believe. And what does it actually look like in your mm-hmm. culture, not just
2: in, like, your church life or mm-hmm. what you do on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah very challenging yeah i mean i think that's the the false teaching he referenced in a couple different ways that the congregation was facing when john wrote this letter of first john a lot of commentators i think call it proto-gnosticism or whatever but gnosticism is like secret knowledge you know and, and the idea is that you can know facts and not behave in accordance with those things oh sure roughly speaking i think there were like 100 varieties of this in the first century so it's hard to really nail it down particularly but the big problem is we still see it today. We we say things. James talks about it, right? We say we have faith, but we don't do anything that lines up with it. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's not really a real faith. And mm-hmm. then faith without actions is dead too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's very yeah very convicting. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was encouraged. I mean, I was mm-hmm. thankful for it. It's funny. We chatted right before he preached. Or I guess the night before, and uh, found out he's an enneagram eight. So it made more sense. <laughs> I hate the Enneagram, stop talking about it.
0: So let's so throw out the Enneagram. I actually don't actually hate it. I don't know anything he's about a, it. This he's a, a that confronting
2: personality, one might say. You can guess at what the Enneagram version of that would be. but <coughs> He has a personality of confrontation. Already. I told him, I was like, huh, that's funny, I never see that. And he's like, well, you know, you don't see me in my, my day-to-day... Work mode, like it's kind of like I see him on vacation. You know, he's here visiting for a weekend. When, sure. when I see him, so. yeah. Um, but it came out a little more in his, his preaching. I thought, but I thought it was all really good, very and very textually driven. Mass text, it was all there. Mm-hmm. Phone down. <laughs> Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, it was definitely textually driven. I wasn't trying to say that he, mm-hmm. you know, he spoke only to the culture and to politics. He mm-hmm. he put his own spin on the text. Like, no, it was yeah clearly from the text. Text is. Mm-hmm. Love. I mean, he referenced, you know, they'll know where Christians buy our love. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if we want to go there, but he obviously took it to social media and the Mm -hmm. hate that we see there. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, I guess, mostly Christian on Christian hate, but Mm -hmm. in general, hate and versus love and what that looks like. And, Mm
1: -hmm. um, you know, that's kind of fascinating too, because I think um, thinking through the whole dynamic, that is as a guest speaker that's kind of the question in our congregations back of our congregation says maybe is like does this guy love me <laughs> you know if, if he's confronting right and like mm-hmm. and we know him pretty well and so you know he's been around for years and but i think that's what i was kind of sensing in through osmosis is like this desire to like okay, if I know he loves me, I can receive this more, you know, so if David hadn't said a lot of the things, it would have been it would have been like, okay, yeah, no, no sweat, a little bit, you know, but that's, that isn't, even even that is kind of made up in this like, well, we should, we should assume the believers love each other, and that he's, mm-hmm. he's preaching the word in love to us, you know, but that's not always even the case in the, the climate mm-hmm. today, so, I don't know,
2: it's kind of a fractal. No, it's interesting, because <laughs> I was in both services, and I feel yeah. like we're talking a lot about how it was preached we sure. need to talk more about the text in a minute but yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> sure we'll get there <laughs> one, one, more, one more minute here uh-huh. uh you were in. joey was in the first service chris was in the second service mm-hmm. there was uh more amening and talking back and encouragement and like go get them in the first service than i never heard in any sermon that's ever been given <laughs> at our church. i thought there wasn't enough but <laughs> that's funny okay so i was just wondering <laughs> like, if you picked uh, up on
0: that on. i mean there was some but okay but I didn't feel like it was like everyone was on board and jumping oh, gotcha. in. So you know, still felt there was, was a weird
2: tension in the room? Kind of, yeah.
0: I felt it, but I had yeah. you know one and a one-and-a-half-year-old sitting on my lap and then <laughs> gotcha. a three-year-old in front of me, a four-year-old yeah. in front of me, and a five-year-old in front of me. So yeah. I was recording on voice memos on my phone trying mm-hmm. to listen back. When I was listening back this morning, I was like, yeah, this is almost almost worthless. I can't hear it. But I did hear a couple rights and amens. So mm-hmm. I guess there was some, but, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I felt tension, I think. I was talking to my wife Catherine about it um, yesterday a little bit, and I think there's this big push, of, like with racism in our culture right now, and mm-hmm. and a lot of people who are trying to, you know, inform people that hey, what you're doing is is racist, like mm-hmm. you're a racist, and this this might not be exactly the same, but I mm-hmm. think it relates to the hate and hating. Um, you can't really tell somebody that and get a good reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Philip didn't come and say, like, you all are hating. Mm-hmm. He was saying, man, there's some hateful actions. And so that's kind of, mm-hmm. I thought it was really wise and related to, to culture right now. Of like, if you tell somebody, hey, like, you're a racist, that's never going to go across because most people mm-hmm. aren't racist, but they might do racist things. And so it was mm-hmm. related to, like, he didn't come in and say, hey, you're all hating. But he said, hey, some things that have been done you know, have done been done in hate, and that's not showing love, which is what we're mm-hmm. called to. So, yeah. obviously, he used historically, you know, American slavery. Um, you know, he opened up with a huge the Frederick Douglass yeah story. Frederick Douglass story that I was just like, oh no, like mm-hmm. he's so right, and mm-hmm. like, are we going to accept this? Are we going to look at it and see, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what does this look like for my life?
2: Well, and the fascinating mm-hmm. thing is backstory. He. He talked about a conversation we had had and a concern that Philip and I both have, but I don't know if it really fully came out in the way he discussed it in the sermon because it was just kind of like an addendum to this topic, but was how divisive the church is on social media and how political Christians have become. So I think the way he said it in the sermon, I think he said it the same way both services was um, the political divisiveness has come into the church and Mm. we should not be divisive in the church. You know, Mm. we should be unified around Christ. And that's just a concern we both have that there are a lot of guys seemingly taking a stand on slippery slope issues rather than having thoughtful conversations about those issues. Mm. They're like drawing a line and saying, you shouldn't use this word, you know, or you shouldn't go towards this issue or, you know, um,
1: well and I think there's the other side of the the spectrum of that is like either saying something definitive and sort of wall building or just mm-hmm. being quiet completely. And I would I would say most of the people I know when these issues come up have learned on social media to just not say anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of the tension is like, yeah. man, nothing good is gonna come from this conversation is the feeling that almost always crops up. So um yeah so i think both errors can happen there's there's like not a gentle loving middle very often there's a throwing grenades or just running away and uh yeah so which is why it needs to be talked about which is why it was so good and so uncomfortable is because i think Mm that both of those things are in effect so
0: sure
2: i think a question is can thoughtful conversation take place on social media at all (laughs) right (laughs) like I'm, i'm i'm really wondering oh yeah
1: I mean, I, yeah, I, like I said, that grenade line, that's what I thought about process on social media. Is it really isn't a conversation. It is one by one lobbing grenades.
0: You know, there's no.
1: It, it's, it's, you hit the same sure. button, right? And, I mean, and if nobody hit, comes
0: in expecting to at least have their views changed somewhat, then yeah, nothing's going to They're gonna just happen. trying to push their content out to the world. And then there's the
1: collateral damage of people who weren't even intended to receive the, the, the message mm-hmm. who are reading it and, and you know interpreting it their own way but I don't know. I don't mm. know. It's a good question.
2: Well let's review his main points. Yeah. So the first one do you have
0: it the same? The first one from the first service at least was Christ's commandment and the gospel received from the
2: beginning is sufficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah so good. Which is I think he exegeted this well, no new commandment. You know, that's tricky, you know, what he's saying there. He's like, it is new, but it's not new. And I think the way he exegeted that was, it's it's not new because this is something they'd already heard. And so his point applicationally was, you've already been given the gospel. Don't like go looking for some other gospel. Don't go looking for some other command from Christ. But the command to love and the gospel of Christ for us and the cross is, it's old news, to the believers and they don't need to go searching for a new truth. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very helpful. Mm. Um, he talked about in our efforts to win over the world, we've got to be careful not to change what we're doing mm. make sure it's the gospel that does the work.
0: Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what his line was, but something in that section, I think, made me think, huh, like, are we, you know, oftentimes we're like, oh, we should change this bit in order Mm -hmm. to, you know, reach this demographic a little better, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we should twist this part of our service. Was he saying,
2: don't do that? Mm -hmm. Or was he, you know, like, what was his? Well, I think he was painting with a broad brush. And so I heard him saying in general, in generalities, we put too much stock in changing things, you know? So I think I think it's a warning to those of us that might wanna be changing things. I mean, I, I try that all the time. Well, what can I change to reach people? Um, and so the distinction I make is, are you keeping the message or changing the message? Like, that's really the bottom line. You know, he was like, "Don't don't change the message. And then I think a step away from that is, if you're changing procedurally what you're doing be careful because you can, it's a slippery slope. (laughs) You can, you can slip into changing the message. Well, and do it for the sake of the message, right? (laughs) Right, So so any
0: change we do is for the sake of the message, for sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm.
2: I I go back to, so my, my bottom line for that is first Corinthians 14. um, And there it's talking about tongues and versus prophecy. But Paul is, you know, to summarize, Paul is saying, tongues is confusing to outsiders prophecy is clear because it's in their language so basically my summary would be speak the gospel in the language of the outsider so that when the outsider comes in he's convicted and so i think the tension is present there in 1st corinthians 14 it's not that we're trying to avoid all conviction and discomfort you know he talked later in a sermon about an unbeliever coming into worship service, no matter what the culture, is going to be uncomfortable because of the gospel. And I think that's that's what we're aiming for, making the gospel the, the power, the dynamite, the place of discomfort, not the culture. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's fine to change things culturally as long as you don't change the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it was a good warning to me in thinking ooh, maybe if we have better methods, we could reach more people. You know, there's that warning of like, well, ultimately, it's the Word of God that reaches people. Mm -hmm. Having to be reminded of that was was good.
0: We talked some in youth about, and it was kind of this section, about things that are attractional, if -hmm. that makes sense. So, you know, what we see in fake Christianity or what we see in the world that's, Attractional and, and tries to take our attention mm. away from the message, or away from the true gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, do y'all think through that at all? So we talked through, you know, some of the kids are like, man, you know, feminism is really something that mm-hmm. grabs me and is seeking for my attention. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of it even seems good, like, just love everybody or care for the world. But if it's not done, mm-hmm. I guess, in the right way or for the right reasons, maybe thoughts on that or is that not really applicable here it's okay if it's not
1: no that's i think that's a great that's a great discussion to have for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it definitely back goes back to what's the power to change and what are you what are you really trying to win them to Mm -hmm. you know and is it an ideology or is it is it christ and you know as defined by the word of god given to us um I, I think that obviously that's a huge, uh, issue in song choice. So I lead, I lead the music here, obviously. And, um, I think even our worship songs are used as a, as a marketing tool a lot in a lot of churches as like, well, this is going to get everybody to come or to stay or to like it. And so we've had to so wrestle pressure, a lot. Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, man, I'm just trying to sing about Jesus. Like, uh, but, I do think that that's where a lot of the battleground can be, but there's also, yeah, these big social mu- movements. Um, I guess, I don't know, speaking to the the music side of things, I, I, Dave and I have talked a lot about, you know, this, this strange, like, building a bridge of what um, people expect church to be to what we're actually trying to do. Mm. And so I think that's been a lot of our strategy is, like, Help people see See, we want to get better at it, but, you know, help people see when you come, what can you expect and what are we trying to achieve? Because I I do think there's this very cliche way of saying, you know, consumer mentality when you come to church, like I'm here for this to be a spa for me to hear all the things I love, to be comfortable, Mm -hmm. to be uh, taken care of and, and to that's a lot different than we are here to please God and to to rejoice in this these deep truths and to be sharpened which mm-hmm. does not feel good I, I assume for mm-hmm. iron to sharpen iron you know that doesn't always feel comfortable mm-hmm. and so um, I think think shifting the paradigm even of what is church you know is it a social club is it a is it a, like this strange social movement that we get to define or is it um, is it just letting God do what God does and, and trying to pursue who is he, who are we supposed to be, mm-hmm. and, you know, these very deep things. And that does affect, you know, things like your view of other genders or other um, cultures, you know, so.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought related to that was last week's sermon, you know, mm-hmm. so much of the, you know, we talked a little bit sanctification versus justification and mm-hmm. being in the process and being already seen as right by God, like, when God looks at us, he sees us as good, as righteous, as you know, love, but we're in this process of still working through it and figuring out what mm-hmm. loving actually looks like and, and is like for us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It felt very related to me in my head, and I started mm-hmm. saying it, and I'm not sure that it came out the same way,
2: but...
1: <laughs> no, it's good. Um, Man, I, the gospel. I think, I think one, one thought I had to just... This is a little to the side, but... As we're encountering these different cultures, whatever it is—a different ideology, a different, a different race, a different culture, whatever it is—I think one of the things I've mourned seeing in around me is this this lack of patience, or, or I mean, really lack of love for when people. I, I guess what what let me put it this way: the gospel frees us to make mistakes in love, to mm-hmm. like pursue, mm-hmm. stepping over this boundary line for the sake of love, and to stumble about. And, and I think um, what I would love to see on both sides, say, say the, the cultural or ethnic kind of side of things, it's like, am I willing to see someone trying to embrace my culture and doing it badly, but recognizing, oh, you love me and you're trying, you know, and, and I hope for the same patience as I, as I try to step into some place where I don't speak this, this culture fluently. I don't know how I'm supposed to act in this situation, but I'm going to keep doing it for the sake of love and for the sake of the gospel. And I just need forgiveness when I do something that's, you know, strangely offensive and I didn't realize it or, you know, and I, I just, I would love to see that happen more in the church of like, um, yeah, patience <laughs> and and saying, it's okay. I know you just made that silly cultural mistake, but I, I know you're trying to love me, you
2: know? Does that make now, sense? Now, when it's you like, say, I'd love to see more of that in the church, do you mean our local church, or do you mean Christians on social media? Um, or something else? Real life, I don't know. <laughs> 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 social media,
1: hmm, can it be safe? Like, I guess I'm, yeah. I'm really curious, do you yeah.
2: feel this kind of... Uh, hesitancy about making mistakes with like day and day out people yes. in this church, or you mean oh. just like broadly in society? Gotcha. Gotcha. I
1: think, I think, um, I, I was talking about real life, so I can try to tra- translate to social media, but I was, I was thinking just in real ways. I've seen both things happen. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen people have really have a chip on their shoulder about ever stepping out of what is expected or supposed to happen hmm. And um, I've also seen lots of patience and kindness and giving the benefit of the doubt, of the doubt. And I always really appreciate that. Um, gotcha.
2: Just wanting to see more of that. It's yeah, not like it doesn't yeah. exist. You're Be- that benefit of the doubt of,
1: mm-hmm. of of man, I know you're trying, it's mm-hmm. okay that you <laughs> said something stupid just
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Philip was talking some about how we don't even really try that though, right? Yeah. Like Yeah. He said he had this whole point about you know, we don't even reach into other cultures, and and mm-hmm. most people, you know, never have stepped into another culture. So it takes effort to actually force yourself to reach out to another culture, another mm-hmm. different type of person, I guess. Um, so you're saying I take that risk, and it's scary. Or there's extra hesitancy to even try because I
1: assume as soon as I make a mistake, I'm going to be kicked, mm. or you know, <laughs> or sure. just like. Because it's going to be, you know, like the sanctification, like the sanctification or the learning curve of, of learning to get along with people who are different than you. There's always going to be this blundering process of like, I'm not fluent in this, in this culture or this thing. Um, and we all have to have patience with each other on that, I think.
0: Well, and, and I think accepting that you'll never be fluent in it either. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was one of Natalie, one of our missionaries, she's... Was at the time going to Guatemala. She's doing interviews with, you know, her um, sending organization. And mm-hmm. they ask her, like, well, how long until you're fully um, engaged in the culture and like part of Guatemala? And when will you be a Guatemalan? And she's like, well, never. Like, mm-hmm. I'll never fully be it. And they're like, oh, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. that somebody kind of gets it some. Like, you're <laughs> never going to fully be mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. culture. Like, you can yeah. embrace it, you can love it, you can appreciate it. Mm-hmm you can't ever fully be it because that's not who you are, right? That's,
2: that's not great who God quote. made you to be. He had mm-hmm. a great quote, I think, that fit that. It was Pro- progress, not perfection, or something, mm. direction,
0: not perfection. No, 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 perfection. yeah, he said, man, that was going to be my last thing to close us out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, and the coolest thing that he said was. <laughs> so he said, uh, Christian life's not about perfection, it's about direction. There we go. Mm. I was like,
2: ooh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, that was good. Someone that's... someone requoted that online, I saw. Well, and gosh,
1: like, That's that's the beauty again about the gospel is my destination is not to become an African American (laughs) and an African American's direction is not to become Caucasian. It's Mm -hmm. we have a new identity in Christ. It's a new creation, a new people. So our destination is is heavenly humanity. You know, which is which is bringing us closer and closer, not farther apart. So
2: now another question. I, did y'all feel like he was talking about multi-ethnic relationships in the church a lot? Because I didn't really. So I feel like we're, we keep coming back to that. And I'm like, I don't think he really... Like, I felt like he hit two well, illustrations I mean, he, of it. He bookend his bookended his sermon. With yeah. it. So
0: he started with, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, slavery. And then he ended with, well, I don't remember. but that.
2: So that kind of framed it. Yeah, he talked uh, about, so, at the end, worshiping and... In uh, Southern Baptist or Southern Black Baptist Church or traditional Black Baptist churches, as a kid, and this is Presbyterian Southern Presbyterianism Churchism. and the difference in culturally. I do think, yeah, the, the
1: initial uh, illustration did set up that tone, and uh-huh. so so for sure, I was purposely interpreting it broad, broader. But there was that, yeah,
0: yeah. and But then, I mean, he yeah. definitely went into details that were not at all sure culture, yeah, like yeah. different. Yeah,
2: it was both and. It just struck me that I was like, huh, I didn't really think about it as hardly addressing that issue at all. But yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting. So what what (laughs) issues did it address then? (laughs) Well, I guess I was
2: just thinking more universally, like, Mm -hmm. or individualistically, like, love between Christians in every possible permutation, you know, just including multi-ethnic, but just every... Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking more of, like, the... The person I don't get along with. Period. In any situation. Yeah, you know? I mean,
0: I think maybe starting with American slavery made yeah. it be like, man, That's this right. was one of the biggest issues. I was Raised not that not issue. loving. Yeah. Um, thought it was really interesting when he said, you know, the author had to write in in uh, biography, autobiography. Mm-hmm. What was it? I don't remember. The life of. Yeah. Um, he had to write like, r- r- I am a Christian writing. Yeah, this, you yeah. Know, he had because, to add an um, appendix because mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. talking. Not so badly about, but pointing out mm-hmm. so much errors in Christians. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that really did start the framework of mm-hmm. like loving the other, and again tied to last week, like there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Mm-hmm. There's not Scythian, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so the other doesn't exist anymore in that sense of not being one with you. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's still there still are differences. There still are. There's
2: still social otherness, and our job is to love across that otherness
0: yeah I, guess, I think yeah. I think he did talk a lot about mm-hmm. the otherness being you know political otherness so mm-hmm. different ideas and beliefs yeah. so it wasn't all just mm. just and for the record race our race.
2: speaker happened to be of a different race than our majority Hold on, wait of- what <laughs> <laughs> good to
1: know it. we're on an audio medium right yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so to add context here, <laughs> yeah he, he
2: was he was not of the majority ethnicity of our church
1: mm-hmm. we love you Philip it was awesome
2: yeah. Point
1: two. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just, I, yeah. He uh, listens to this uh, podcast all the time. So he listens to it every oh, day. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's <laughs> multiple times a day. All him and all three others. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people do. Uh, point two is our lives should be a genuine reflection of Christ's teaching, living as He lived.
1: Mm. Mm. So good. <clears throat> I love. I mean, so so talk about culture where we stand right now. I I think. I don't know that's that just was so beautiful to me and I was trying to say like why did that hit me so hard and I I think it's because I'm aware of these of a lot of churches that um want to look like Jesus without looking at Jesus <laughs> in the, mm-hmm. in the scripture right like so they want to define who Jesus is on their own terms which we you know we've heard many people say that's building god in your own image um, instead of being in the us being in the image of god and so i think that was what was beautiful was um was just letting just the authority of scripture and this is a standard that is outside of myself that i am living towards um, just the way he stated that made it so clear mm-hmm. versus um just this vague sense of of you know choosing one attribute of god and pursuing that and, and you just have this idea of what that is in your head rather than, you nope. Know, God's Word gets to define who He is, God's get, Word gets to define who Jesus is, and what we're pursuing together. So.
0: Yeah, and just a holistic gospel, like we were mm-hmm. talking about again, I mean, not on here, but a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. talking about the difference between being, you know, this part of the gospel-centered or whole gospel-centered. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we'll see people pick a part of the gospel and say, this is who Jesus was, Jesus was this, and then everything else has to be adjusted to fit that one part instead of having a whole view of mm-hmm. this is this is who the God-man was, and this is the whole picture of him and the whole testament that we have of him, mm-hmm. and so this is how we should live, this is how we should should interact with others mm-hmm. instead of just this one bit, well, he, he was all about love, so yeah. this, or yeah. Picking you know, and fill and the blank. Picking yeah. favorite part, maybe. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're all going to resonate with some part and be uncomfortable with some part of who a real historical entity is. And we should be. Entity mm-hmm. is. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's good. I think that's that's a challenge and a good thing, yeah. Mm.
0: Point three, a failure to love and disposition of hate towards fellow Christians is a declaration that you're not a child of God, but rather a child of darkness. Mm.
1: Hmm. Hmm man the thing the definitional thing i thought that was really could be good to unpack is what is hate right i think you know in my mind i go to this this land of this the most extreme version of a thing and i'm like okay i'm good i don't hate you know i don't don't hate other christians um so what do you guys how do you define that or um does that make sense like that whole thing hinges on this word hate um Mm -hmm. what do you think so, what does hate mean? Yeah, I don't know. What What does that look like? Is it Is it literally like I have this burning rage toward another believer, or, or is it just a you know a simple? I don't get along with them. You know,
2: it's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I tend to think it's not loving them, but that's what I was gonna say. Not loving. Yeah. Well, indifference is a difference.
1: You know, yeah. <laughs> what's it's yeah, what's so what's the opposite of love? Is it hate or is it indifference or you know, you hear those mm-hmm. quotes flying around the internet, but
2: yeah, the I like every few years I come back to the example from Le Chambon, the, the French Huguenots that helped and loved mm. the Jews, you know, hid them and got them out of the country when France fell to the Nazis and there's always a contrast made between the indifference of the Swiss where they, you know, they like made it to this neutral place, but they weren't really loved there. They were loved by the Huguenots that were sacrificing and doing hard things to help them. Um, And so I've always been challenged that indifference actually looks more like hate. It's not, you know, so inaction or non-action equals hate. Is that what you said? yeah i I, I just struggle to I'm questioning if that's really biblical but mm. sure seems that way I guess you know
1: see that's then so that becomes a much more three-dimensional mm-hmm. understanding of this interaction to me for sure I mean I can easily say in my definition of hate I don't I don't hate anybody you know but if it's you like think of it as are trying you trying to not,
2: destroy someone
1: Yeah, yes yes something like that or just an active animosity toward and I think I think that's how a lot of people would truly I mean I think Jesus gave the
2: example of the good Samaritan right that's a pretty good example Mm. who is my brother you know like he he gives the example of okay well in order to obey God's law to love your brother it means doing this really hard thing and caring about someone you're not supposed to care about right yeah I mean maybe
1: Like, like you said I wrestle with the biblical definition is that saying that yeah, I, I it's probably true. Yeah, they hated the, you know, so the the priest and
2: priest and levite, by, levite walking by. The levite walking by,
1: that was an act of hate to not help. And and man, that's a deeper definition of hate than I think a lot of us tend to tend towards.
2: I think hmm. the problem is what we we want to justify our behavior, so we we want to say, "Well, that's not fair." For the Bible to set a standard I can't meet, mm. so let's lower the standard to a standard I can meet. Mm. Instead of saying, "Yeah, I, I can't meet it. I need Jesus," you know, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think the standard is perfect love, and anything less than that is failure, mm. which puts me in the category of sinner that needs a savior and failure. Right? it's, like, yeah. it's okay to know yeah, I am a failure. I think the gospel pushes me to say, "Yep, oh, I'm a failure. I'm just gonna kind of fail forward and." <laughs> So that's the key. Jesus loves me so I'm going to try to love other people but I'll never do it perfectly you know going back to that direction not perfection thing episode title What's... fail forward fail forward fail I Like forward. It. <laughs>
1: no that's really good I just I think that's really helpful too to just think of the glorious direction that's way bigger than a than a humanly attainable mm. um goal yeah
0: and I think saying hate is a non-action really ties into our point too because mm. He says that a failure to love Mm -hmm. and a disposition of hate towards fellow Christians is a declaration that you're not a child of God but rather a child of darkness. Mm. So your inaction is a declaration. Mm -hmm. Like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Inaction is a declaration. And I think what
2: gets tricky is we've all had those hateful thoughts. We've all had those bad moments. We've all had those failures. So... In this textual category, the question is if I've ever done a bad thing, does that mean I'm no longer a Christian? You know, and I don't think that's what it's saying. Mm-hmm. I think when you just analyze First John as a whole, he's talking about ongoing action versus kind of the repentant life of a believer who, you know, at the beginning of the book, First John 1, can admit they're a sinner versus the one who, who says he has no sin. And continues... The truth's not in him. a liar. Yeah. yeah, he's a liar, the truth's not in him, and he's continuing, he's practicing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I think, first, John, you have to be real careful to not pull a verse out of context. It's mm-hmm. one of those books where you have to, like, do the whole book together, kind of, mm-hmm. or it doesn't make Just sense. Just one of those? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it completely hinges and forces you to fall into that fourth point. Mm-hmm. You are unable yeah. to love unless mm-hmm. God enables you to love,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, you can't just tell the middle of the story <laughs> and see the the failure. Well, and his first and last point tie in so much together too, right? Like mm. um, man, my screen turned off. Christ's commandment and the gospel received from the beginning sufficient. So mm. Christ's commandment to love, his gospel he gives is sufficient, and he's the one that does the work, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm. all of the hard part in the middle, all the squirmy Sunday in the middle, mm-hmm. everything <laughs> is okay I don't know the right word everything is help me words aren't, well nah. man
1: I mean totally ties into that you are you are given permission to risk in love like sure. it is mm-hmm. it is gonna be okay <laughs> you mm-hmm. are safe you, you have the power you need you have the means that you need the person of God at work, work in you mm-hmm. and all the messy middle is It. I mean it's gonna be okay it's gonna be painful and it's mm-hmm. gonna not not be natural at times but um but the the path is laid out and it's enough. Yeah.
0: It's enough because God is the one that enables it to be enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah.
0: Christian life is not about perfection; it's about direction. Mm. Good quote. Thanks. I was going to save that for the end, but I, thought I had throw a second it in there.
1: vote for a podcast title: Uh-oh. Squirmy Sunday. Squirmy that's Sunday. A, that's a pretty good one.
0: How do you spell squirmy? I don't know. S Q U I R M Y. Or should we put it with I E? <laughs> Other thoughts, ideas, comments, concerns.
1: Yeah. Any anything, y'all were like, man, I should do this differently. You know, God brought this to mind that that I should do this differently because of what I'm hearing. I
2: I just have a renewed challenge to make the gospel the offense, hmm. as opposed to something else. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I think it cuts both ways to allow the gospel to be an offense. You know, not reduce barriers so much that you're trying to change the message so the message is no longer offensive. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it is an encouragement to say, hey, let's let's reduce the offense of the other thing. You know, we don't want other things to be an offense. Um, we don't want to force people unnecessarily to jump through cultural hoops to understand and hear the message. Mm. Um, but I also, because I'm a natural comforter, I, I need to allow the squirmy Sunday to take place. You know, I need to allow people to feel the weight and the heaviness of um, just the holiness of God and the seriousness of what Christ has done for us um, so that, mm. that, that's a good reminder for me hmm.
1: Hmm. yeah I guess for me um, <laughs> answer my own question I think it's a lot I, as we've been talking it's, it's even solidified more like a lot of just keep taking those risks um, I can tend to like shy away from when I make a mistake and I look like an idiot (laughs) trying to be someone's friend and, 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 uh, even offend them. Right. And I think keep taking those risks even when they don't give me the benefit of the doubt. I think, um, don't, don't wait for that beautiful thing we'd all love to have happen. But, um, because I'm safe in Christ, because this is what we've been called to because we're headed to a glorious future, uh, keep trying you know keep trying try the next right thing you know um so yeah i think even man talk about like <laughs> so a lot of i had some random members of my extended family come on sunday so that was part of the fun of, of Me sunday and it's like man those conversations can often be the hardest ones when when you are talking about these cultural issues, and you're talking about these social and political issues, and it's just it's so much easier and more relaxing to just not keep talking, <laughs> to just mm-hmm. just walk away, but but to continue to stay in the fight in a in a gentle and persuasive and loving way to say, I'm gonna keep trying to sprinkle salt on these conversations, um, and especially not just my opinions, but scripture and and God's truth, so.
0: And Phillips, you know, looking to the right and saying, "Man, there's good here. Take what's good. Mm -hmm. There's not good here. Fix that." And looking to the left and saying the same thing: Mm -hmm. "There's good here. Let's take that. There's not good here. Let's get rid of that." Mm -hmm. I think being able to look at both sides, yeah, I I see myself oftentimes being like, "Man, this side is dumb," and you know, I can't believe that they Mm -hmm. they believe this and they act this way and they, I don't know, vote this way or whatever. Like, this person that I thought was a Christ follower or I thought loved, like, mm. the way that they're interacting with this is just not right. And it's like, well, no, how do I know I'm, I'm not the standard of right? Like, mm. let's look and see what's good and what's not good. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys. I think it's been a fun adventure. Thanks for listening uh, to Sunday Recap, a special edition of Grace Bible Church Podcast. Remember to visit BeGrace.org podcasts for more episodes about life and faith. We'll see you next time.
2: Goodbye.